to the message this morning, uh, we're going to be sharing what is definitely a Christmas message because what we're sharing is in light of the fact that Jesus came. Uh, but I'm not going to be sharing typically. We'll share, you know, at Christmas time out of, you know, the shepherds and the wise men and, you know, the, the manger and, you know, some of the, the, the uh, events and the gospels there. Uh, but the message this morning is just called, uh, He Makes All Things New. Amen. Amen. How many like when you have something and it's brandy new? Come on, raise your hand. This is going to be interactive this morning. Now, let, let's just admit for a minute, there are some times where uh, something that's worn in uh, is really, really good to have too as well, right? Like my wife can attest, uh, there are certain t-shirts, there are certain sweatshirts that she says like, Dear Lord, man, how long are you going to wear that thing until it literally disintegrates off your body, you know? And I try to convince her, but with all the holes, it's, it's a holy sweatshirt. It's holy, you know? But, I mean, threadbare, how many can testify with me? It's so cozy. It's so comfortable to wear something that's been worn in, you know? So, and, and we have certain things that we're like, man, that's good. We just want to hold on to it. But yet we know also, man, when you get something new, there's just, just a joy to when something's brand new. I mean, the market. Have, have figured it out as well, haven't they? We don't have used cars anymore. We have pre-owned cars. You know, when you look on Craigslist or eBay or things like that, um, it, it's not used, it's gently used, if they have to even use that terminology, right? I mean, we have air fresheners in our cars that are called new car smell, right? Because we love new. You know, uh, and, and so, so truly that is something uh, that, that, that's just wired into us as human beings. You know, even when we got that old cozy sweatshirt, you know, that, that brand new one, you can see we're going to have a beautiful long relationship together. You know, you say to that, that new sweatshirt. But as we talked this morning, the Lord makes all things new. And so if, if you're in a, a plateau, if you're in a stuck place, if you're in a desert, during this Christmas time, I want to remind you, because Jesus came to earth, we don't have to stay in that desert, in that stuck place, in that plateau. He is working to constantly do a new thing in our lives. Amen? Amen. So, uh, you, you know, when we think about the setting of the time of the birth of Christ, the world was groaning. You know, the world was weary. We sing about that. A weary world rejoices. There, there was much that was prophesied over the centuries regarding the coming of Messiah. And there, there roughly 400 years between, you know, Malachi, that's the last prophet, you know, that was recorded on scroll. And, and, and you know, the, the last speaking of God to his people uh, through, through the prophets, 400 years until Jesus comes. Wow, four centuries of time. And then we know in the Word, we actually uh, saw it during worship on the one video, the, the Word tells us in the fullness of time, Jesus comes into the world. You know, and when we look at him making all things new, you know, as I, as I was talking earlier, you know, we've got things that are just, man, I don't ever want to get rid of this, you know, and then yet we love new. How cool the Lord's outside of time. He's the author and the inventor of time. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. And yet he tells us he makes all things new. 
boy, if that doesn't cover all the bases, right? You know? So the hope of Christmas is that because of Jesus, things don't have to stay the same. In this life, and most importantly, when it comes to looking at our eternity. And, you, you know, when Jesus came to earth, the whole paradigm changed. In fact, a lot of Jesus and his preaching was, was trying to get the, the uh, people to understand there is something new that's going on here. Every, everything that had taken place up to this point was pointing to Christ. Let's look at Matthew 9, 17. Uh, Jesus is trying to get this picture of a whole new paradigm, everybody. And he says, neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. This was a, a picture of Jesus trying to let them know something's changing here. I'm making things new. And even, you know, the, the people that interacted with Jesus, they could tell this isn't same old, same old when it comes to, you know, religion. You know, when it comes to the religious life. It says in Mark 127, the people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. And there's so many different places where we see it was clearly something different that God was doing when Jesus came onto the scene. You know, we read re uh, a lot of times where I'm, I'm thinking of uh, in the King James uh, where, where it says that the people would, uh, I'm adding in scratch their head, but they would say, what meaneth this? You know, like, what am I seeing? This is something different than we ever saw before. So, hey, let's spend a few minutes. Let's talk about four big things that Jesus made new. And again, at this Christmas time, whether you're on the mountaintop or you're down in the valley or somewhere in between, just know that he is here to be with you, to never leave you or forsake you, and to keep bringing fresh and new into your life. These are, let's call them four Christmas gifts that the Lord gives us. And by the way, you know, on our birthday, we're usually not handing out gifts, right? When, we're, when our birthday is being celebrated, we're usually receiving gifts. The Lord's so awesome, he's, he gives gifts out on his birthday. You know, when he came, he gave us these things. All right, and, and some of these, like, it's possible, you know, as, as you've been walking in the Lord for a while, you, you know, your first response might be like, well, I know that. But... We want to make sure that we don't just know it. We want to make sure that we're not just saying, yeah, I lived that out last year. We want to make sure we're saying, no, I'm living that out today. And then we want to make sure we can say next week, and I'm living it out today. And a year from now, I'm living it out today, right? Because it has to, that, that's where it's going to stay new in our lives is when we keep it new and we keep it fresh. Can you say amen? amen. All right, so number one. Uh, he makes a new creation. That's the first gift. He makes a new creation. And there are several, several things that, that we do well to look at in regard to this this morning. He makes a new self. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17, I, I feel like this is a verse I've gone to a lot in the, in the recent weeks here. And I, I've mentioned in the past that this is, for me personally, my favorite verse in the New Testament. Just out of curiosity, how many, raise your hand if you have a favorite verse. Uh, in, in the New Testament. Wow, a bunch, bunch of you. All right. How, about, how many have a favorite verse in the Old Testament as well? 
All right, yeah, super cool. I do too. It's, it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in the old, and it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17 in the new. And I think a lot of times uh, for us, what becomes a favorite verse is either something that we're kind of living out as like a mission, as like a focus, you, you know, uh, or it could be something that we just so identify with and what God has done. And, and that's how it is for 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Like, my, my heart is so grateful. He really has made me a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. And, and let's read it out. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And so that's why I said just a minute ago, that's something that we, we have to practice living beyond mental assent. And, and we have to live in a place of, Pastor James, you had just, just said a little while ago, mixing it with faith, taking the word and mixing it with faith. You, you know, so... Have you ever had a time where you're talking, behaving, thinking in a way and, and either the Lord shows you or you just become aware, I am not being new creation right now. Come on, have you had that happen? This is not new creation talk. This is not new creation behavior, thinking, attitude. And that's where we have to say, Lord, I'm not moved by what I see even in the mirror sometimes, right? But I'm moved by what you said you did and you made me brand new from the inside out. I'm a new creation. And, and so that means what we have to do. Ephesians 4.24 says to put on the new self, which is created to be like God in true righteousness and true holiness. Glory to God. So because he has made us brand new, that new us in him uh, is in true righteousness, true holiness. Our journey, our joy, our adventure is to walk and grow in life where people will see more and more of his righteousness and his holiness and his nature and his attributes. And, and they'll see that in the fruit of the spirit coming out of our lives, right? And all of a sudden people are saying, you don't look the way you used to look. You know, you don't look the way you used to look. Can you say amen? But, but something we have to do, right? We have to put on the new self. In Colossians 3.10, it says, and, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, uh, in knowledge, in the image of its creator. So being re so renewed in our knowledge as well. That's why I say new creation in Christ. That's not a that's not a Christianity 101 ABCs thing. That is an ongoing lifeline essential that we never want to let go of. You've made me a new creation. So that we, and why is that? Because there's another place to grow to in him. There's another place to move forward in him so that we look more and more like him. Can you say amen? Uh, there, there's a, a fellow named Oscar Cervantes. He lived in California. Uh, and he's a dramatic example of the Lord's power to absolutely transform lives. As a child, he began to get into trouble. When he got older, he was jailed 17 times. And it was for brutal crimes. The prison uh, psychiatrist said that he was beyond help. How many know when... Uh, Siri, don't interrupt my sermon. <laughs> hey, do you hear what I just said? When somebody's beyond hope, and she said, well, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> well, Siri, I know who does, and his name is Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Gosh, I couldn't have, couldn't have 
time that better if I tried. <laughs> and, and so the, the psychiatrist basically said, look, Oscar is busted. There's no hope for this guy. In and out of jail 17 times. Well, he met an elderly man who told him about Jesus. And let's just pause and say, thank God for every person who is receptive to the Lord and willing to tell others about Jesus. Because there was an elderly man, amen, amen, who, who told Oscar about Jesus. And he was absolutely transformed. The Lord changed him into a kind, caring man. And shortly afterward, he started a prison ministry. And the, and the chaplain there, Chaplain Warwick, describes it in this way. The third Saturday night of each month is Oscar night at Soldad. That's a prison in California. Inmates come to hear Oscar and they sing gospel songs with fervor. They sit intently for uh, over two hours and they come freely to the chapel altar and they uh, receive of the Lord and they grow in Christ. From a guy who the professional said, there is no hope, there is no help for this guy. The Lord makes all things brand new. Oscar didn't get a band-aid, he, he didn't get patched up, he was made brand new from the inside out. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, a second part of this new creation we get this new interaction with the Holy Spirit that never happened before Christ came. We know when we read in the Old Testament of the miracles and, and, and the prophets and all these different things, Holy Spirit would fall on them and then he would, he would come off them. And it would be this, you know, he was there, you know, kind of clothe them for a time that they needed and then he would depart. We are new creations in Christ Jesus made brand new on the inside and God's Holy Spirit comes to dwell. There's a well of eternal life inside us when we say yes to Jesus. And then we're invited to so drink of his Holy Spirit that out of our belly will flow rivers of living water to the world around us. This new interaction with the Holy Spirit. Just a, a little piece, Mark uh, 16, 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. And it goes on to say all these things. Lay hands on the sick. Do all of these different exploits. And it's all because we have this interaction of Holy Spirit living inside our heart. We know when we read in the Gospels that when Jesus died on the cross, the, uh, the veil was broken in two. And when we go back and study that, veil was into the holy of holies, which was the place where God's presence dwelled. Because of Jesus, now Holy Spirit doesn't dwell in a, in a temple somewhere over in Jerusalem in the holy of holies. He dwells in our hearts if, we had, if we've said yes to Jesus, right? So there's a new interaction. Now because of that, there's also new life that we have. Acts 5.20, go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people about this new life. And the great thing when we read in, in the Greek in the New Testament, the word life there isn't um, take a pulse, are they alive? It's far beyond that. It's about th th this life is a picture of total and complete wholeness. Go tell the world about this complete wholeness that has been brought to you because Jesus came to earth. Praise God. And it's also a new way, Romans 7, 6. 
But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So it's a new way, and we'll talk about that in a minute. What was, what was happening in the Old Testament was, was uh, trying to do their best to live by the law. And the scripture tells us that the law was put in place to show us that we can't satisfy God's holiness, that we need a savior. And here it is. Now we have this new way of living, not by rules and regulations and steps and letter of the law, but we, we live in life in the spirit, this whole new life in the spirit. And there's so many other things that we can talk about, uh, the new creation of, of what he's given us. Uh, I, I think it's neat in Revelation, there'll be uh, 14.3, uh, there'll be uh, folks that get a new song and they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 uh, who had been redeemed from the earth. And again, we read in Revelation, uh, we'll, we'll all get a new name when we get to heaven. How neat. And it's all, you know, just, just goes on and on. Uh, it, you know, an, another quick story. Uh, hey, I, I did some story hunting before this sermon. So I got some, I hope you like stories too, because I was like, I got to use that one. And I love that one. I love that one. So we're, we're story packed today. Is, is that okay for, for anybody? Anybody else really enjoy stories? All right. So who here has ever heard of Stuart Hamlin? Anybody? Uh, there was a few in the first service. So, okay, well, Stuart Hamlin, going back, uh, he would rub shoulders with the likes of John Wayne, and he was called uh, America's Singing Cowboy. Now, now, now let, me, let me ask a step further. Any country music fans in the room? All right, we got some country music fans in, 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 in second service here. Yeah, yeah. I know New Jersey, we're not like the, the, the country music belt of the country, that kind of a thing. I always thought it was real peculiar. I, I never could figure it out. My dad was born and raised in Patterson, New Jersey. And he loved just like the old school country, like about as country as it gets kind of music. Is You know, Waylon Jennings and like things like that. He would play on his eight tracks. For some of us in this room that we used to listen to music on eight tracks back in the day before there was streaming and all of that. Well, anyway, Stuart Hamlin, <laughs> I'm going to give you a, a song that he, and you're going to say, yep, that song absolutely captures country music. Uh, he, he would write country and West, Western songs. Before he got saved, he wrote a song titled, I won't go hunting with you, Jake, but I'll go chasing women. Is that not a country music song? Is that just, you know, something tells me that's not like on the hip-hop charts or anything like that these days or, you know, classic rock or anything. But, uh, yeah, he got saved and John Wayne made a bet that Stewart wouldn't last six months. And then sometime after the six months, Stewart saw John Wayne and he said, uh, John said to him, you cost me some money, Stewart. I bet you wouldn't last six months. And Stewart said, it is no secret what God can do. Does that ring a bell for anybody? John looked at him and said, you know, that sounds like the great title to a song. And he went home and wrote that gospel song. Now, how many have heard of that song? It is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others, he can do for you. Yep, so, so actually, that, that's who wrote that. But again, you know, the world looks and sees, I know you. I know how sinful you are. I know how broken you are. There's no way that religion is going to fix you. And you know what the answer is? Absolutely. Religion is never going to fix us. But Jesus makes all things new. Amen. 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 So second gift he gives us uh, 
he, he gave us and he makes a brand new covenant. It's a new covenant that we have. And again, it, it's, a, it's an awesome study in the word of God when we look at all the different covenants that God made with humanity. But it's the Bible itself uh, that tells us that this far exceeds. So a couple of things, and again, if you're following in the notes, the new covenant, it's a blood covenant. It's a covenant. All of the previous covenants where there was some kind of a sacrifice, it was all pointing to the price that would have to be paid for our sin to be wiped away and forgiven, for that price to be paid. Uh, and it was pointing toward uh, there was the blood of one who was going to pay that price. And of course, that's the blood of Christ. Uh, Luke twenty two twenty says, in the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. It's his blood that gave us this covenant. It's a covenant in his blood. Uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five. in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Always remember that covenant. So it, it's a covenant in his blood. And then uh, secondly, the new covenant, the Bible itself tells us it is a better covenant. Second Corinthians 3 verse 6, he has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Because again, remember, the law was pointing toward, we can't keep the law. We're going to break the law. We need a savior. You know, and, and so when we look at it where, where it says the law has been done away with. In fact, let's go over to Hebrews 9.15. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Let's look at one more verse, uh, Ephesians 2.15, by setting aside uh, in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations, uh, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. So when we look at this new covenant, oh, we, we could talk hours and hours about all that makes this the better covenant, where under the law we had to look and try to follow these things, um, and, and many of these things, it was very clear that they were, they were uh, going to bring health to society, health to our families, health to culture, health to our own lives. Uh, but the idea was focused on the doing. Do these things, don't do these things. The far better covenant is he has, as, as we've said, moved into our heart. And so now his law is written on our hearts. And now it's from a place of relationship. It's from a place of walking with his spirit. In the old covenant, it's don't murder. In the new covenant, it's don't hate. In the old covenant, it's uh, don't commit adultery. In the new covenant, it's don't lust, right? And on and on we see that, that it's, 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 a, it's a covenant uh, of the Lord in our heart working through our heart. But this blood covenant that Jesus gave us was the way back to the Father. It was the only way that we could be reconciled to the God who created us, the God who we are accountable to, the God whose image we've been made in. You know, neat little uh, parallel here. Uh, many European towns, when you, when you look at Europe and its, its vast history, uh, many European towns still bear the mark of having been surrounded by walls in the Middle Ages. 
you know, here in the States, we, we don't have that, that kind of thing. Uh, so streets near these old walls, they're curved and sometimes just come to dead end. And there was a man who stopped a stranger and asked him uh, the way to reach a certain address. And the stranger directed him, but the inquirer, you know, was kind of doubting him a little bit. Like, have you ever done that with your Google Maps? Where Google Maps has taken you somewhere and you're saying, I'm not sure I want to believe Google Maps, you know? Like I have found sometimes, you know, if like I'm driving, you know, into a city, it wants to take me on a scenic route. I don't want the scenic route. You, you know, like, uh, like I'll pay the toll. Let's just get directly to where we're going, right? So, you know, we can have doubts. This guy, he had doubts and he said, is this the only way? Uh, and, and the stranger quickly answered, it is the only way. If you follow uh, any other turns, they're going to bring you right back here. And that, I think that's a, a great illustration of the way to God. Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, that is the pathway to eternal life. That's the pathway to our sins being forgiven. That's our pathway to know God. And, and how many in the world around ask, is that the best way? And the only answer that is truth is to say, it's not only the best way, it is the only way. Only this time it won't bring us right back to where we started if we don't go that way. We'll wind up in an eternity separated away from God. This covenant, a better covenant. It's the covenant that has secured our eternal life. It's the covenant that has ensured our sins are forgiven, remembered no more. And, and remember, a, a covenant requires two parties to be engaged. Right? It's not just what God has done for us, but when we make Christ Lord of our lives, we are entering into covenant because of his blood that was shed. Right? Right? People have said all religions, all other roads, isn't there another way? You know, they all say the same thing after all anyway, but we know that's not true, don't we? All the other religions out there will notice they all have one characteristic. It is mankind reaching up to heaven. But Christianity is the only where heaven reaches down to mankind because we can't save ourselves. It is the only way. Can you say amen? Amen. All right. Hey, also, so with this new creation and this new covenant, he also makes a new command. And in John 13, 34, he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. We, we think about it, Christmas time, peace and goodwill, you know, toward mankind. And then we drive and go to the mall. And we think somebody maybe better say that a little bit louder, right? You, you know, uh, in his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote, don't waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor act as if you did. I like that. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you're behaving as if you love someone, you will uh, presently come to love him. If you injure someone you dislike, you will find yourself disliking them more. Man, is that not true, right? When you move toward ugly, you can, you, you can move even more toward ugly. Uh, if you do him a good turn, you will find yourself disliking him less. And here, here's another uh, sweet testimony. Uh, James Moore, who's a preacher who went home to be with the Lord, he talks about a man named George. George was a peacemaker. Praise God, right? The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, right? Uh, with a big heart and a wonderful sense of humor, everyone loved George at church, and he was respected at the hospital 
where he worked. And the reason why so many people love George is because he was always kind and respectful to everyone that he met. And his children uh, clearly remember the days that George spent in the hospital before he passed. And the administrator of the hospital came to visit George. Uh, and they spoke as though they were old friends. Here it is, the administrator of the hospital talking with George like they're old friends. And then a few minutes later, one of the janitors came in to visit George, and they too had a nice visit. And when the janitor left, one of George's children said to him, Dad, did you realize that you treated the president of the hospital and the janitor just alike? And George smiled and chuckled, and he said, hey, let me ask you something. If the administrator left for two weeks and the janitor left for two weeks, which one do you think would be missed more? <laughs> and then George called his children around his bed, and he said, let me show you something I carry in my pocket all the time. And he told them, even when I'm doing chores, mowing the lawn, and he pulled out a pocket-sized cross in a marble with a golden rule on it. And George said, on the cross are written these words, God loves you. And on the marble are these words, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And he said, the cross reminds me of how deeply God loves me. And the marble reminds me of how deeply God wants me to love others. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Boy, how many know that it's not the great suggestion? Like, Lord, nice suggestion, but I don't think so. No, it's the great commandment, right, that we are to love others. And he didn't even say just love others. He didn't let us off the hook one bit. He said, love others as I have loved you. That's selfless. That's sacrificing, right? That's in, in deed, not just in word. Uh, so, so powerful for us to remember. So that, that's, that's a gift that the Lord has given us because nothing is going to impact the world the way us showing his love to the world around us will do. All right, let's look at the fourth one, the last one. Now, this one uh, is looking to our future. So these last three gifts, these things that he has made new, these are things for, for us for here and now. This one uh, is, is the future, and he makes a new heaven and earth. Now, I have to say, I'm very much stirred up on this topic uh, coming out of our Apostles' Creed series, because that's where, where we ended those last couple of chapters there. And man, my heart is just so, so stirred up on the idea of a new heavens and a new earth are coming. And Second Peter 3.13 says, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Church, I tell you, there's, there's a secret in there for us. How do we endure among such wicked times? We live in a way of looking forward to what is to come. That's going to fuel and that's going to empower our living as light, boldly, and full of love to the world around us here and now as the world looks dark. But in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heavens and a new earth. In his book, Dare to Believe, Dan Bauman illustrates the unique experience of knowing that something is ours, yet longing to enjoy it more fully. You know, let, let, let's pause for a moment here. How many have ever been those who have snooped at Christmas time? Confession is good for the soul, they say, right? You know, yet, as a matter of fact, there was a box that came um, to our house, and you know, my, my girls had said to me, that's, uh, 
that's for you. Put that down. And before putting it down, <laughs> I had to give it a little shake, see if I could, I could get a picture of what it was. I can remember as a kid, you know, like looking around and being like, I wonder what they hid and where they hid it. Right? You know, so that's for the, the, the curious among us, right? So anyway, to back to this story here for Dan Bauman. One year he discovered a package with his name on it that was easy to identify. There was no way to disguise the golf clubs inside. So he was a golfer, he loved golf, and here it was, golf clubs with his name on it. Then, uh, you, you know, he, he made this observation, when mom wasn't around, I would go and feel the package, he said, shake it and pretend that I was on the golf course. The point is, I was already enjoying the pleasures of a future event, namely uh, the, uh, the unveiling. Uh, it, it had my name on it. I knew what this was going to bring for me. Uh, I knew what it was, but only Christmas would reveal it in its fullness. The glories that await the Christian defy our comprehension. We, we ought to ask ourselves, do we look forward to the new heavens and the new earth? You know, we're not to hate being alive, you know. It's, it's the goal that we receive when it's all said and done. Not just the crown of life, right? We think about the crown. You know, for so long I was like, all right, we're going to stand before him and get this crown and throw it at his feet. It's like, but, but wait, there's more. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth where we're going to live with the Lord. And, and if, if that's not something that creates longing in our hearts, then we have to say, Lord, heal my imagination to be able to try to get my mind and my heart around what you have in store for us, your children. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Oh, that we would begin to just get a glimpse. Just like that person who says, on Christmas morning, I know what's in that box, you know, uh, and, and I don't get it till Christmas. That's the picture of how God wants us to live in this life. We're here, we're present, you know, the, the world should look at us as believers and see us as the most engaged in, in, in living our full lives, but all of that should flow out of our eyes and our heart set on things above. Can you say amen? You know, and, and that is going to guard us against getting entangled into this world system. You know, get, you know, there's a spirit of the age that Jesus overcame. And we, we can kind of rise above it and live above that spirit of the age when we realize there is something far better that's coming. And you, wanna, you know how we can tell that we need God to, to work and heal our imagination? If, if as believers there's something on this earth that seems more exciting than what we'll get in heaven, can I just, I can 100% money back guarantee you that is a clear sure sign we don't have a grasp or understanding of what's waiting for us in heaven. Amen? Amen. And then what does that do for us here on the earth? And it begins to fuel, man, we're, we're pilgrims. We're sojourners passing through this world. And what's the number one goal is to take as many others with us to be heaven bound to spend eternity with him. Amen? Amen? Jesus gave us that 
when he came at Christmas time, making all things new. The glory that awaits the Christian defies our comprehension. What we can grasp can fill us with anticipation if we set our, our focus in that direction. Can you say amen? amen? We got a lot quieter in here during that time, and, I, and I'm believing that that quieter was us going, huh, I don't know that I've spent enough time thinking about this. You know, and like I said, I'm, I'm fresh off of our, our series and reading in Pastor Walt's book and the, the, the message a couple Wednesdays back, and oh my goodness, that we, there, there's, there's so much that's so loud that wants to speak doom and gloom to us. And for us as the believer, the ultimate story is that doom and gloom has nothing to do with us. So let's take every last one with us to meet the Lord so that, that when it's all said and done, we'll have no regrets. We'll, have, we'll say, I lived for you. I'm, I'm realizing I'm starting to move into my New Year's message. So I'm going to stop. Amen. 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 Let's wrap up with this. Revelation 21.5. This ties us all up with a bow. These gifts. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Amen. Amen. Church, you got some good Christmas gifts this Christmas. Amen. How many would say anything else on top of that? That's just gravy, you know, that's all. This is all going to burn up and pass away someday anyway. But these are eternal things, things for now that will absolutely affect us for eternity. So, hey, would you stand with me as we close? Praise you, Lord. And, you know, one thought, when you look at the holidays, again, I was thinking about this at Thanksgiving and thinking about it at Christmas, you know, uh, man, our world has learned how to market and make money off of everything, right? So there's this marketed picture of what the holidays are supposed to look like, right? I mean, we have, you know, the Hallmark cards now have, now have a Hallmark channel for many years, and they just do all these, you know, scenic how it's all supposed to work out. And, you know, um, you know we live in a world for now a bunch of years, enough years, where we have social media feeds where people put up what's really a perception. It's not real life. You know, and if we're not careful, you know, there, there's, there's a glumness or a, a feeling of going without uh, or an aiming at a target that we could never hit, you know, when it comes to walking through the holidays. And then for others, you know, it could be, I know for me is, you know, the, the, the more that years go on, the more people that I love are not this side of heaven. They're on the other side of heaven. You know, and they're up there, uh, and, and it could be very sad for us. There could be a lot of grief for us this side of heaven, which is why a message like this can bring us back to a point of all of that gets fueled in a direction of, like I, I think about this, anytime, you know, I, I would feel any kind of grief over those that I'm missing, I'll just remember I didn't say goodbye. I said, I'll see you soon. Amen? Amen? And actually what that points back to is I'm on earth for a reason. Let's do this right. Let's walk this out. You know, because there will be, there's a reunion that's coming. <laughs> hey, for some of us, it might be in the air. Right? 
But either way, there's, there's a reunion that's coming. And these are all things uh, that the word of God tells us. So, so when it comes to grief, we grieve, but not as those who have no hope. And so the hope of Christmas is, Lord, because you came, it was not goodbye. It was, I'll see you later. I'll see you soon. Right? And, and, and the, the, the grief of no purpose in life turning around to saying, oh, no, there's great purpose. He, he has made me with purpose. Man, here I am again. I'm, I'm starting to slip into New Year's message. But I, I pray that your heart would be encouraged this Christmas season, that we would be able to pull aside all of the, the, the stuff that our culture has, has constructed on top of the holidays, and we can get back to, Lord, you've made me brand new. You've established a far better covenant that I'm in relationship with you in this covenant. Lord, you've called me to love others as you have loved me and you've put your Holy Spirit inside me so that I'm even capable of doing that. And then, Lord, when it's all said and done, when the world looks dark and when I see its wickedness and when I see all the junk going on around me, I know that I know that I know when it's all said and done, this is all passing away and you're going to bring a brand new heaven, a brand new earth that's going to have no wickedness, no evil, no deception, none of the, the garbage, no sickness, no sorrow, none of this stuff. That's what we have to look forward to. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Father, we, we are so grateful, so grateful. You've told us you're a good God. You're a God of love. You're a God of mercy and grace. And just in these four things that we've looked at here today, it's overwhelming how loving and caring you are for us, how much hope you've given us. Lord, as we close the service here today, we pray, uh, give us revelation Lord, not just head knowledge where we walk away having gotten four points, but Lord, let it, let, it, uh, let it resound in our hearts and open our understanding to this new creation that you've created us to be. Open our understanding in our hearts to what it is to live in this new covenant with you, paid in the blood of Jesus. Lord, begin to show us how in, in, in a banged up angry world how to love others like you have loved us. Do it, Lord. And Father, may we more than ever before in our lives live looking forward to all that you have for us. I think of that song from Rita Springer where she said, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it all. Lord, that there would be no price that we are not willing to pay to live a Abandoned to you, knowing what we have to look forward to. Father, we pray for those in our midst that are grieving right now. Lord, we pray for those who are hurting. Lord, those that are even facing what, what our world would call seasonal depression. And we pray that you would flood your joy, flood your comfort, and flood your peace over them. Father, bring deliverance from all that would rob your people from the peace, the comfort, and the joy that's been purchased in Christ. Lord, we receive it by faith and we speak life, peace, and wholeness all around to our church family, wherever that's needed, God. Lord, in all of this, we give you glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Bless you, Lord. We give you praise, God. Amen. Well, God bless you, church family. We're wrapped up. Uh, prayer will be available for anybody who needs prayer. We hope to see you Christmas Eve. But if we don't, have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll see you after that.